Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to podcast like it's 1999 i am one of your hosts kenny nybart and across from me is uh, i am phil iscove with a, a shitty voice due to cold some say shitty some say sexy i won't say who says what <laughs> um it's true but, <laughs> names, no names no names attached to those quotes yeah but um we are here we are here um 2018 2018 on podcast like it's 1999 the podcast where we look back at our Look back at the films from 1999 from a purchase year in 2018. This is the Nailed first. It. Well, <laughs> I, I knew that there was a bit of a line change, so um, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the first. This is the first podcast we're recording in 2018. It's true. That means we have to get our memories around saying 19 years ago instead of 18 years ago over and over again. Interesting. I'm not sure that we've ever said that. I say it all the time. Oh, do you? Okay. Um, I don't know. And uh, okay, cool. and uh, <laughs> I think it all the time. It's funny. I saw I saw um, a tweet today <laughs> that was a picture of Jeff Bezos's desk in 1999 oh, at yeah? Amazon. Cool. It was one man in a messy desk with a computer on uh-huh. it. Obviously, now he looks like you know J.K. Uh, Simmons. Yeah, he does. Injustice League. He does. He, he he looks like he looks like an ass kicker now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back yeah. then, he was a nerd. He had well, he's still a nerd, right? But he was like he's a rich nerd with with abs. But like yeah, like where Bill Gates like yeah. nerd will always be nerd. Yeah, like yeah, like he yeah. really he, enough, he looked like enough. a total dork. And um, the, the office was a mess. And there's this one handwritten poster, maybe handwritten. It was gross. Next to it, they said Amazon.com. Um, oh, if you wow. can find it on the internet, you guys know about the internet you found this podcast um look it up but it's just amazing how just how much has changed in these 19 years and 18 years and um and that is relevant to this podcast it is very much so specifically this episode i would say too yes because the episode today is about the movie ed tv (laughs) the movie that everyone has been dying for us to cover you know what (laughs) i know that's sarcastic but they should be I mean, here's the funny thing about this is that so Kenny and I were texting back and forth like, what movie should we do next? And I threw out Ed TV, 
and you were a little bit like, I mean, okay. I was like, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, and I was like, listen, I actually kind of like Ed TV. And Kenny was like, all right, cool. When do you think was the last – before this rewatch, oh, the last time you watched it? a long time it. ago. So probably around the time it came out. It's amazing that and you by the way, memories. I, and I, I could be wrong about this. I think I saw this twice in the theater. So, I mean, you're definitely just, you're definitely not wrong because you spent every day of 1999 in a movie theater. <laughs> well, so, but I, I remember, I remember seeing. I think I saw this with my mom, and then I think I saw this with friends. I don't know in which order, but I remember seeing it and thinking like this movie was really funny. Now I'm I'm not gonna lie, it wasn't as funny this time around. I remember mm-hmm. liking it a lot when it came out, uh, but like I, this is this is the Ron Howard pocket. That I kind of love. We got a lot to talk about with we this movie, which is interesting yeah. because it. When you said at TV, my thought was, "All right, it's like the shittiest version of Truman, Truman Show." Show. Yeah. Um, there's a reason no one talks about it today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I honestly like it. Didn't even click to me that it was Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson's first True collaboration. Brothers and, from another mother. Yeah, I just thought. Yeah, I I, I just thought, and, and, I, and honestly, it even felt weird um, as a 1999 movie. Yeah, because it it's was a real outlier. It was ephemeral. Yeah, you know? it never. I mean, it just it didn't make really any impression at all. At the no, time. and I'm, I'll throw out a few stats and ideas. Um, I got some one stats stat too. on this movie is mm-hmm. it's the shortest Wikipedia page of any movie. <laughs> yeah, has, you will, it's like oh, the movie was a failure at the box office. How can you have? Oh, this movie cost eighty million dollars. Directed by Ron All Howard. All on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, how did, what did they spend eighty million dollars uh, on? I, 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 it's not even like Matthew McConaughey was a big star at the time. And by the way, so. can we also talk about the fact that there's so much product placement in this movie? They must have got so much back. Yeah. UPS. Where, anyways, Pepsi. Crazy. Everything. Um, but anyway, we'll get to that. So yeah, so it was an eighty million dollar movie, yeah. and and made thirty, thirty five, thirty five, yeah. and. Nobody total. on Wikipedia has anything, anything to say about it. That's crazy. They have they have sixty pages on Stone Cold <laughs> Steve Austin, but they can't come up with a page on a movie that, by the way, and as we'll get to, incredibly prescient, incredibly. has so much to say about reality television. And the best article, and I think we can both agree that the David Sims Atlantic article, yeah, friend of the pod. Is, well, <laughs> sure. I, I, we love his podcast. Yeah, we, we love his podcast. Love, we both love playing. Never Chad. met him. Never met him. Hope to someday. But uh, it was. It's a. It's a brief article. It's not like. Yeah. But it really kind of hits the vein where you're like, oh right, this movie was incredibly ahead of its time in a weird way. So if you can read the article, it's uh, it was on the Atlantic. It's very yeah. easy to Google. And basically, he wrote it in 2014, right after the Oscars. Yep. And that was the Oscars when McConaughey won yep. for Dallas Buyers Club Best yep. Actor. And Ellen hosted. Yeah. And um, there's a pull quote. There's one line that I pulled sure. out of it that I think yeah. is McConaughey would collect an Oscar trophy 15 years later at a ceremony hosted by DeGeneres, no longer a difficult to cast comedian, and now the queen of daytime talk TV. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's really funny. So that so so that would have you know Dai Dianu that would have been enough to. Well, the, yeah. I, I I love the idea that the Jew sitting across me didn't get that reference. He's he's like. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Moving on. Um, just uh, – <laughs> that would have been enough yep. for that article. Yeah. But the way it nails the way culture reacted to reality TV yep. is unbelievably on yeah. the mark. It's, I mean and it's also weirdly kind of like 
chuckling to itself, but I, like reality TV is never going to catch on. This is such a ridiculous thing. Like yeah. we're just kind of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge about an industry that is now. I mean, I don't know what the percentage of of television that's reality TV, but it's pretty fucking high, and it, it's it's really uh, it's really funny. Um, I, there there are a couple other things that I also. Um, couple tidbits, facts, if you will, about Ed TV. There are not much to find online. Do you have more? Sorry. Apparently, reality TV um, accounts for more than 50% of all TV. There you go. So, so um, <clears throat> I think it's interesting that there isn't really a lot to find about this movie. It was released in March. Shockingly little information about this movie. Very little information. And, and again, uh, and again I can't understand why. Big stars, why. a huge director. Big star, huge director, big yeah. movie, big bomb. People love writing about bombs. bombs. Nothing. When we did Wild Wild West, there was reams of information. Well, but that movie's like hated. This movie people shrug at. We've done, so. I believe this is this is uh, eight right now. This is our eighth this episode. Is our eighth. Yeah. It's the least amount of anything we've, of anything we've done yeah. by far. By a huge margin. Deep Blue Sea had dozens of articles yeah. we could use for reference. I swear to God, this had the, the one David Sims article, yeah. Yeah. and I, I saw one weird article about the production that had a bunch of pull quotes from – or a bunch of quotes from um, like Gans and Mandel and sure, some sure, from sure. Howard. And oh, I didn't even find that one. The only thing I found out was that, believe it or not, this was inspired by a Canadian movie. Yeah. It's called – A French-Canadian film. Yeah, I think uh, Louis yeah. 19. Yeah. About a guy who – King of television this. or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, a 1994 movie I know nothing else about. But – I mean basically – so the movie opens March 26th, uh, 1999. It opens in third place with a little over $8 million behind Forces of Nature and Analyze This. Well, you know, at least uh, it got beaten out by the best. Analyze This is great. Can't wait to do it. Oof. We are going to not agree on analyze this. Maybe it's but I not look forward great. To it. It's been a while, but you know, I saw both those movies in the theater. One I really loved. I did not I see Forces was... of Nature in the theater. But oh, I... no, not that. I mean, analyze this in Ed TV. I saw. Uh, I do remember watching Forces of Nature. The movie, the movie about like bad weather. It's a it's like, a romantic comedy about these two people that get stuck in a bunch of bad weather. I'm no joke. But it's actually you're going to watch it. I guarantee. I guarantee. I can't guarantee. I think you're going to like it. It's like it's speed, a better movie, than... but with bad weather. Uh, no. You know how they like on a, first on a, a – It's actually a really a bus, beautifully shot movie. I remember thinking to myself, this is, it doesn't matter. We'll, listen, we're going to have a Forces of Nature episode and it's going to be great. Um, listen, pal. <laughs> 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 we're going to have Forces of Nature. You're going to like it. Um, it's opened ahead of The Mod Squad and Doug's first movie. Uh, which also opened that week. It would end up grossing $35 million. Oh, I was uh, like, I, which, which Doug? Doug Lyman? Which Doug? Doug Funny. Yeah, yeah. Doug's Doug Funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. All right. Okay. You don't know Doug? I, I have never seen Doug's first movie. We will have to do a Nicktoons episode. Keep going. Uh, on a list of Ron Howard's box office results, this yep. one lands at 21. Wow. What, what, what's above and below it? Well. Oh, you don't have it? I don't have it in front of I'll me. I'll find it. You I, keep I, mean, you can, you can, I know what his number one is. What is it, like Angels and Demons or the other oh, that's one? That's Grinch. Really? Yeah. Which isn't a huge surprise. Yeah, I've seen that movie a lot I recently. I don't like Grinch. Um, I have a, I have points to make about Ron Howard. Oh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna yeah. go deep on Ron Howard. Um, Jennifer Aniston was apparently considered for the role of Cynthia, that eventually went to Ellen DeGeneres, okay. which is kind of insane. I can't even imagine what Jennifer Aniston is like in that role. I mean, it's it, it's not much of a role. Even well, though Ellen makes it. Into even something. though she's the protagonist of the movie, it's not much of a role. But Ellen makes it into yeah. something. Um, and Dennis Hopper replaced Pete, Tom Berenger. Um, which I think is actually better. 
I like Tom Berenger just fine, but Dennis Hopper's pretty good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So before we dive into plot, why don't you and I talk – Should we, talk, we should talk Truman Show. Okay. A little bit because they're very different. I know. And they're, they're – they're, I know it's not a fair comparison, yeah. but I feel like we have to kind of – Let's Let's unpack it, it a little yeah. bit. Um, so uh, apparently Ed TV and Truman Show were aware of each other's projects. Okay. Um, during the pre-production phase, but EdTV was not concerned for two reasons, apparently. Uh, they knew the Truman Show was very much a drama and that their film was a comedy mm-hmm. and that they didn't expect it to be a big hit because it was Jim Carrey doing a drama. They didn't expect Truman Show yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, it was huge. Uh, it actually made him think about, you know, it made people think of him in a, in a drama way that I don't think people, a dramatic way that people had thought of him before. Uh, and, uh, it stole their thunder. Like mm-hmm. it completely stole their thunder. I don't. I don't think that Ed TV was able to get out from underneath it. Really, I, and even to this day, you even said it yourself. Like it was just. It felt like a ripoff. I think that's true. Um, I think there's a different reason, mm-hmm. or or a second reason, I'd say, why Ed TV was such a big failure. Um, I think it's because, just in comparison to the Truman Show, I think yeah. the, the, there was something aspirational about the Truman Show. What's well, with the human spirit? Right. Well, certainly aspirational. All right. So let's let's. It's not about let, reality. TV let me take that in a different way. Yeah. Right. So there's something aspirational about the reality TV element of the Truman Show. We can we can engineer every element of this and create a better world, create a more yeah. perfect world. Sure. You know, Ed Harris is. Um, it's, it's like a it's basically an analogy on, or an allegory on religion. Yeah. And yeah. Ed, Ed Harris's um, speech at the end is essentially like, "I did this all for you. This yeah. is better than the world out there. I love yeah. you." Yeah. And you know, Truman makes his decision. Um, good evening. What is it? Good morning. Good evening. If good I don't night. see you again, good morning. Good evening. Good night, or good afternoon. Good evening and good night. And then he walks through the sky. Um, <laughs> it's a good movie, though. I, I really love. The oh, Show. dude, I love the Truman Show. I mean, other than the, I have I nothing wanna... bad. I have nothing bad to say about that movie. These movies really actually are similar plot wise. They're so much about sneaking off and trying to hook up with a girl you like. Well, yeah, um, out of the out of view of the camera, but Truman Show bumps me a little bit logistically. I get hung up on some of the stuff that it's just very. Do you know what I mean? Like conceptually, I find myself when I watch a Truman Show and I love it, I still go like, "Really? How, how do they like? How do they keep this guy from knowing?" It's a lot of work. It's a lot. I'm it's willing, a very sweaty I'm movie, as, to, as David and, and yeah. Griff would say. Well, I'm willing to suspend disbelief because of the ambition. It's almost the opposite yeah. of downsizing. Let's not talk about that movie. Um, <laughs> We the, could. the Ed TV, what Ed TV yeah. exposes yeah. is just how ugly we all can be. And the yes. thing about yes, it is yes, it yes. was before we got ugly, right? Yep. So now people have to look back on it and say, oh my god, we do chronicle our reality TV stars' lives in the tabloids. Oh my god, we do obsess over who they're hooking up with and who yep. they're cheating with and who who we know in their families. Yep. I could name fucking six Kardashians that I've never met. I've never watched an episode of that show. Yeah. Um, well, it's 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 like the not to cut you off, no. but it's like the first line in Roger Ebert's review. Now that two movies have been made about a man living twenty about a man living twenty four hours a day on television, how long until TV actually tries this as a programming idea? So I don't know I mean, if TV's actually tried that, but we basically do that. Fucking close. We basically do that, and um, and I think at the time, most people in polite society didn't want to think it was a possibility. Of course not. That's why and, this movie is like winking. Well, that's basically. why I say it's a bomb too, because I think yes. like I yes. think because re- as e- even at seventeen, I remember thinking 
it'll never be like this. People aren't this shitty. This is yeah. a stupid idea for a real show, yeah. and this is not how people would react to it. Yeah. And I was wrong, and we're awful. Well, I mean, here's the thing. So the real world premieres in 93 or 94. Early, early, yeah. In the early 90s. And it's it's successful. I mean, it, I don't know if – I mean, I don't know the real world very well because I don't think it aired in Canada. Or if it did, I didn't see it. But a lot of my friends around my age loved the real world. I've like seen it was a, it, most seasons of the real world right, up through okay. like probably 04, something like that. So, so it was, I can it really was, speak it to was this, a, yeah. It was a big show. Now, I mean, again, sort of pre-internet, pre all those things, but like that—that that show was the beginning of this, but it didn't it, it, really blow up until after a TV. I mean, it was really an early two thousands phenomenon as opposed to an early nineties. All right. So my my belief, my understanding, the way I look at reality reality TV is this: they mention it in that TV. They mentioned the Loud Family. It was called an American Family. It yeah, was yeah, a yeah. PBS show in the seventies where they chronicle the family. It was yeah. revolutionary in its yeah. own way. Um, you know, there was something particularly unusual was one of the children, adult children in that show came out as gay and that wasn't ever really seen on TV in any capacity. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Um, you know, that kind of didn't really beget anything. I mean, you think you had things like the up series, which, you know, right. kind of live in that up. The, well, the, the, the HBO movie cinema verite is about the loud family. Yes, it is. Okay. Yes, it is. Yeah. So the Up series, you know, if you don't know the Up series, Michael Apted mm-hmm. um, chronicled the same group of British people from – Seven years apart. When yeah. they're seven to 14 to 21 and it's a similar kind of thing and it was initially done for the BBC. Mm-hmm. So that's a similar kind of thing that had happened. And then the real world happened again I think around 93. Yeah. Um, which was a, a big thing and real yeah. world, re, world rules was a big thing. But that didn't really beget anything else. Yeah. I believe reality TV – as we know today, it got kicked off with Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And I know that that's – Interesting because some people think it's Survivor. So Who Wants I mean, to I'm, Be a Millionaire yeah. um, gave birth to a group of game shows. And the game shows sure, sure, sure. kind of metastasized – I don't mean like cancer because I love Survivor to this day. But it kind of you know got bigger and bigger and crazier and all of a sudden it went in a few weird directions. And the weird directions I would say – so. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, I believe, was 99. Yeah, I think so. Um, which maybe we should do something about, but I believe it was 1999. Do something about and it. Then, sounds amazing. And then I believe in 2000, we had Survivor. But before that, we had something even weirder. Before that, we had a show called Who Wants to Marry a Multimillionaire? Do you remember this show? No, 99, you're right, August 16th, Who Wants to Marry a Multimillionaire is the first example of a reality show ruining people's lives in this way. And that happened about a year after Ed TV was released. So okay. who wants to, be a, who wants to wants marry, to marry a, multi-millionaire. a multimillionaire? It was a Fox show. Go ahead. Uh, February 15th, 2000, hosted by Jay Thomas. Mm-hmm. TV Guide ranked it as number 25 of the 50 worst shows of all time. It's one of the worst things that have ever that it's ever been yeah. on TV. It was essentially a beauty pageant. Yeah. To marry women. a guy named Rick I, – I told you I can go pretty deep on this. A guy named Rick Rockwell, something like that? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Rick Rock. I don't know who you're talking about. So the about. multimillionaire. Yes, it was Rick Rockwell. You're right. A guy named Rick Rockwell and the woman who won it was named Darva Conger. Darva Conger. Now, if you've, Carolina. Se- if you've Married seen – Married her on the spot. If you've seen I, Tanya, I have. I, Tanya is a similar situation where we took someone's real life and destroyed uh-huh. her. The same uh-huh. thing happened to, Dar- to Darva Conger and not – Five years later, she was in a celebrity boxing ring 
fighting Tanya Harding. Yeah, no, no, that, fighting that, that Tanya Harding. Right. Though, yeah, that sounds right. So, how do you know this show? I just know TV, man. <laughs> oh no, I was, I was, you know, a, a lane of television. I was, I was really into like reality at the time because I love Survivor, and then you know, usually the Bachelor and all the stuff that uh-huh. actually turned into. The awful stuff, and I don't. I don't mean to like value. I don't mean to like. I know what you're saying. Value. Um, devalue. Devalue this stuff. It's just. I mean, here's the thing. To to, to sort of yeah, get yeah. back to TV. I mean, I think that. I mean, this movie showed, or sort of, shone a light on the idea of people that were willing to do anything to be on television, mm-hmm. and we've obviously gone pretty far down that. Um, that rabbit hole since we're but so far down. We're really, really, that really people far who down. Don't need to be on television because yeah. they are millionaires. Yeah. Fight to be on television. Fight to have shows made about them. Yeah. No, they, they, they literally do just that. I mean, I think that, um, it is interesting to sort of look at sort of the Petri dish of this movie in a lot of ways. You've got McConaughey who is, uh, not really totally blowing up yet. I'm just pulling up his. Uh, he is. I, I disagree with that. Because, you think so? Yeah, because he did. Um, he did a time to kill about three years before that. And okay, but let me rephrase. The rom com version of Matthew McConaughey had not really been birthed yet. This may be the the birthing of this it, is or the, the attempt be- or the attempt. Well, okay. To birth so let's yeah. let's just look at this here. Okay, so he does. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Okay, so he does – you're right. He does Contact. He does Lone Star, good movies, Amistad. Uh, and then Ed TV is the first attempt at at him being that guy. Um, he shows up in Sex in the City, which is weird. Um, and then he's in As Wedding himself. Planner. As himself. And then Wedding Planner is the beginning. That's that's when it starts. You know, it's interesting looking at Ed TV. And that's 2001. The whole point of Ed TV. So just to get in the plot a little bit. Um, well, the, let me. I can just. I have a synopsis. Oh, all right. Yeah. Go why, don't for I, it. why don't I just read this for the people that don't yeah. know what this movie is about? In a desperate attempt to boost ratings, a cable channel decides to document the life of someone on a daily basis and air the footage as a show. That lucky someone turns out to be Ed Pickerney, played by Matthew McConaughey, a laid-back video store clerk. While the TV series makes Ed an overnight celebrity, it begins to wreak havoc on his personal life, complicating his relationship with his new girlfriend Sherry and causing tension with his brother Ray, played by Woody Harrelson. Woody. So the whole point of ATV is Woody. that uh, Matthew McConaughey is so charming yes. that you want to watch him all day. Yeah. Um, and right, all right, all right. I mean, it's basically and who he is very fuck charming. Else could have been yeah, this no. guy. No, I, I totally agree. It had to be like it's like I absolutely. It's amazing that 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 they that they. Got him. I, I think almost anybody else would have been grading, including Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Um, Woody, who, by the way, is great in this movie. He's great. He's, he's an asshole. He's, he's, kind of, he's kind of playing what we ex- would expect Woody yeah. Harrelson to be. But uh, McConaughey's role is not only to be, the, be Ed, to be the guy the yeah. show about, but also Ed is beloved by the country throughout this whole because thing. Because he's an everyman. He can make no – you can make no wrong moves. I mean, it's great. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't feel like that's always the case with reality Sherry, TV. Not so but, much. And I can again go deeper on reality t- reality TV stuff. But this is very similar to a show called Joe the Joe Schmo Show. Do you know what the Joe Schmo Show is? No. You, you don't know what the Joe Schmo Show is, Eddie you, Ernie. You know what the Joe Show? 
Eddie, Ernie, Ernie, Ernie looks literally like a deer cut in headlines. So, uh, no, no. He was like, so, what? Our, our, our producer, Ernie, does not know Joe Schmo. Does not know the Joe Schmo. Joe Schmo, quickly. Sounds familiar. Joe Schmo was a show on, on Spike. It was yeah. right after this first wave stopped. Basically, it's a fake reality show where okay. one guy doesn't know that it's fake. Okay. So about 10 people on that show – so it's sort of like a hybrid of that TV and Truman Show. It's true. Yeah, it is because you can't really do Truman yeah. Show in real life. But yeah. like, yes, that's what it was. Yeah. It was Truman Show. And uh, the thing is, the main guy they got yeah. was so great. And he was he was just such a wonderful – they never caught him with his pants down, so to speak. You know? Mm-hmm. And it, that's the reason why it's – the reason why the show worked is because you actually did root for him. And the reason why I think Ed TV worked within the world of the show was because mm-hmm. you were rooting for Matthew McConaughey's character Absolutely. throughout the whole show. I mean, it, he Well, was, he has a – he's very charming. I mean, literally, you see it in the in the interview. And we, we'll talk about the plot in a second. But you mm-hmm. do see it in his sort of filmed, you know, interview process. And, and he's very charming. I mean, he's Matthew McConaughey. Here's what's interesting. I have a question but, for you about McConaughey. Okay. Has he ever been bad? He's been in bad movies. Has he ever been bad? I mean, I don't know. That's a, that's a subjective term. I'm do you like, ever think he's been bad? Yeah, it is subjective. I'm asking you. Uh, do I ever think he's been bad? Well, okay. I mean, here's the real question that you're asking, which okay. is, has he ever been unlikable? Because he's always likable okay. in his movies. Yeah. So I don't think he's ever been in a movie where I don't like him. Mm-hmm. But has he been Good, like given a, a good performance. I mean, Sahara or Fool's Gold. Never seen those I mean, dumb movies. Oh my god! So have you seen those movies? questions? You don't fucking answer to. Yes, I've seen them both. You've seen well, well, you've seen every movie he's been in. No, but I've seen both those movies. How are they? They're not good. Is he bad in them? Yes, he's bad in them. I'm. T- well, but, oh my god! You want to split hairs about what's good and bad? No, like, yes, it's totally no, no, subjective. No, <laughs> I like. I, I. I just. I don't think he's good in those movies because I don't think those movies are good. I just. I'm trying to make the point that McConaughey. He's incredibly likable. Has done like what, for instance, Matt Damon is not able to do, and that's stay likable for twenty years. That's amazing. I don't disagree with you. Yeah, no, I'm not saying you do. Okay, let's Go let's for talk. It. Let's talk a little bit just about like rom com. McConaughey became a little bit of a, a problem for him. Yeah, I mean, I think that he, you know, there are people that love Wedding Planner. There are. I, I, lots of people that love How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. I don't like either of those films, and he kind of gets trapped. Um, I've never seen Tiptoes, but someday I, I do plan on seeing it. What's Tiptoes? You've never seen Tiptoes? You've never seen the trailer where Gary Oldman plays a little person? What is Tiptoes? Yeah, dude. Where, what year was it? It's 2003. It's right above How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Click on it. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a real thing. It's a real movie. All right, well, maybe we'll, do, t- maybe we'll do a special Tiptoe episode. So. Um, I don't know, man. Tippy Toes. Tiptoes. Tiptoes. Tiptoes is insane. Um, anyway, he, you know, he. I mean, two for the money is not a good movie. Dinklage is in tiptoes. God, he the, what he would do. I don't mean, of course he is, but you know, he's in it. Um, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> McConaughey definitely has. This is the beginning of a period for him where everyone sort of tapped into the thing that we're talking about, which yeah. is how likable he yeah. is, and like, oh, he's a romantic comedy guy. And by the way, unlike a lot of leading men, he basically can have chemistry with a fucking potted plant. He can, like. You put him next That's to very anyone, true. and he just has chemistry. Because he had chemistry with Jenna Elfman. Okay, That's, so that was, let's, I'm kidding. By no, no, the no. Way. But let's, I, let's. I actually I, thought I, she was great. I was just going to ask you, yeah. like, let's can we can we unpack that a little bit? Because yeah. I I think it's interesting that she is a burgeoning TV star in her own right. She's going into the third season of Dharma and Greg when this movie comes out, so she's already like 
sort of a household name. Definitely. And the transition of TV to TV within the movie. Like, I think there's an interesting sort of meta thing Ellen there. Ellen, too. Ellen, too. So I like that. And I like her in the movie. And and what's interesting is that Jenna Elfman does suffer from some of the things that Sherry suffers from through this movie. Tell me. In the sense that, like, she's not a particularly, like, overtly – She's she, I think she's an attractive woman. But mm-hmm. I also don't think that she's, like, conventionally attractive. I think that – and by the way, like, they don't do her a lot of favors. She's on – she's got a lot of video footage that doesn't – is not flattering – in this movie, I think that she has great chemistry with Matthew McConaughey, and they and you're kind of rooting for them, but her character is bumpy. I th- so I and she's doing the best she can with not a ton. It's a super hard needle to thread, right? That character, yeah. Get the get the right actor yeah. for that character, yeah. Because the 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 plot calls for someone. Yeah. Who the audience, and I'm talking about the audience that watches at TV, not the audience yeah. in the theater, that the audience wouldn't like. Right? And and that is intentional, I think. Of course, yeah. And that's that's it's a hard role to play, it's a hard role yeah. to cast, and also, you know, it is very looks based. They they yeah. contrast her with Elizabeth Hurley, <laughs> who at the time was the hottest, hottest woman in, in the, the entire universe. She's a great villain. Here's what I'll say though. Um, let's let's get a little bit more to Jen Elfman as we go through the do plot. It. But before we do all of that, we got to do a little bit of a Ron Howard thing. I think we should talk about him a little bit. Yeah. Um, I I really like Ron Howard when when he's sort of in certain lanes. Um, I think you know I love Apollo thirteen. <clears throat> Apollo thirteen. I love Parenthood. I love. I actually really like the paper. I love uh, the paper. I think the paper is a really underrated movie. I, I'd say this is, is great. this is a similar lane to the I paper. Absolutely agree with you. Backdraft is great. Splash is great. Um, he, I'm more interested in what you don't like of Ron Howard's. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, because I, here's the thing. Ahead. I really don't like a beautiful mind. Um, and, and, and I think that a beautiful mind set him on a, on a path, uh, which is, you know, not my favorite path of his. Like I, I think that Far and Away is a weird movie. I think Ransom's actually not a bad movie. I like Ransom. I think Ransom's good. Um, you know, I, I actually kind of like Frost Nixon. I, so I, I like Rush. Like, I like the movies where he kind of sort of takes a risk, or at least a Ron Howard risk. Um, the movies that I don't really like, I mean, I didn't really like Cinderella Man. Uh, I don't really like Grinch Stole Christmas because I don't think he's the right director for it. You know what I mean? I, I think that that movie reeks of like needing to be a Tim Burton movie. Um, you know, I, I, when he, when he sort of steps aside his comfort zone a little bit, you just, you feel kind of the wheels on the wagon getting a little bit rickety. Okay. I, um, I thought about a a lot about Ron Howard while watching this movie, (laughs) which was basically, um, a surprise to me. First of all, that was good. And secondly, um, what am I, what am I trying to say? I think Ron Howard is weirdly underrated. At this point, I think we, I think we're I think on the same page. That's what I'm trying to say is I think he's weirdly underrated. I think people, you know, look, we just went through the whole thing with Solo, right? With him getting the, you know, the movie yeah. from Lord and Miller. Yeah. Lord and Miller are beloved and rightfully so. They've done some incredible things. I think that really movie is going to be better than people think it is. Well, I think, well, well, especially now that like Disney's just well, the Disney's really saying low. it's going yeah. to be a bomb. But 
you know, Lord and Miller are beloved for yeah. doing some incredible things with some really obscure properties. You yeah, know, yeah. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and Lego, you don't expect anything out yeah. of those, those two 21 things. Jump 21 Jump Street. 21 obviously another yeah. great example. Yeah. Um, all incredible movies yeah, that, yeah. that really could have just been, yeah. you know, kind of spit out or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you contrast that with, with you know, mis- essentially Mr. Hollywood for the last 40 years who's just churned out working man studio movie after working man studio movie. But I'm basically trying to say they're not working man studio movies. I think Grinch – Interesting. I think Grinch is not Tim Burton, but it's much better than most people's version would be. Mm. Um, I think this is much better than most people's version would be. I think I think mm. if you look down his, his filmography, yeah. he does I, – I would have thought he did a B job a B job on most of his, most of his movies are a minus jobs. They're all yep. different. They're, they're all risks. So yep. when you say a Ron Howard risk, I think they're all risks. I think this guy steps out of his, he, he yeah, steps out of his I, comfort I, zone I every time. And I don't know. I mean, I was just, I guess my thing with Ron Howard is, uh, this was the last truthfully, like the last good comedy he's done. He does this movie. There's a really bad comedy. He does, the dilemma. He does the dilemma, yeah. which I mean, that's that's that's, that's one. Not that's even one you can't. Really, that doesn't exist. You the can't ride really for exist. that movie. No. Like out of that, like out of all these movies he did, that's the one of the yeah. last. You know, since he since which he is did weird Splash. because I think his comedic instincts are so on point. I think that he does something which I love, um, which is he's fantastic at effortless camaraderie. You know, what I mean, you feel like the whole cast likes being around each other, uh, especially in the workplace network stuff in Ed TV. It plays yep. light. It plays inviting. And the bar. Yeah. He just knows how to play that stuff really well. And he doesn't do that anymore, which is a bummer because I think he's really fucking good at it. And that's one of the things that I really love about this movie. I also love how sort of lo-fi it is. You know what I mean? The whole thing feels rinky-dink. It feels small it, in spite of its $80 million price tag. Which is bizarre. But... All the handheld camera work makes it feel intimate. It's basically the opposite of the Truman Show in every way, uh, and I think there's a good sort of manic energy that he brings to his comedies, and we're just not seeing that from him anymore. So the reason, of course, well, it's not the reason, but the but yeah. the, the the question is: is this a Ron Howard problem or is this a Hollywood problem? Because you can't make Ed TV today. I mean, like, I don't even, I wouldn't I even know where. I think Lord and Miller could make a great Ed TV. Maybe. Well, you know, that's what I was thinking. You know like, what I mean? Yeah, if you put Will Ferrell in the star role, if Will Ferrell is Ed, then it becomes – or Seth Rogen is Ed, but then it becomes something that, that I don't really yeah, – I, I it's not that I don't want to watch it. Yeah. It's that it's not going to be what this is, which is this, to me, yeah, but let me the say story this. and the themes What are, if it's Channing Tatum and it's fucking Lord and Miller directing it? You'd watch that movie. I would watch it, but I'm expecting something different. So okay. with this movie – the theme, the story, yep. um, the t- the 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 plot, and the characters mm-hmm. are front and center. Yeah, with so many uh, Will yes. Ferrell movies, the for instance, would be front and center. Or yeah. or Will Ferrell's performance would be front and center, right, 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 right. Or you know Rogan's performance would be, or Jonah Hill in yeah. in Twenty One Jump Street. Like Twenty One Jump Street's tremendous, but it would also be like. Fifty percent improvised. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like right. it would have that sort of that electricity that you get from improvisation. This movie, by the way, you know, Lowell Gans, Bubba Mandel, classic '90s comedy guys. Mm-hmm. You know, League of Their Own, City Slickers, really funny guys who know how to do a yeah. setup delivery guy. Guys like they know how to nail a joke, and and this movie is nailing jokes, but it's like written jokes. It's not. It does not have that quality to it. Nailing jokes at it, but also like. Nailing the emotion, yeah. nailing the reactions, yeah. like it's. I, I think it's what's such a 
it's got comedy heavyweights in it too. Like people, you know, I mean, you've got your your Rob Reiner's mm-hmm. in this, and you've got like it's it's definitely filled with. I mean, Ron Howard comes up in television. He's a guy who knows TV. Like it's got mm-hmm. sort of that classicism to it as well, which I think is really important. It's kind of you know, obviously, it's got that network sort of a little bit of cynicism, but not broadcast too much. News. Yeah, broadcast I mean, news. Yeah, I do. Th- I do think that in. I, I do think that if it was received differently, it could have been yeah. kind of the heir to that media criticism totally. thing. And and that's the tragedy of this to me. The tragedy of this is that people just acted like it was yep. insignificant. I did. I yep. thought it was the most insignificant movie we were doing, culturally speaking. And then it turned out to be a movie the, that you might put on your top ten list now. We'll see. I, w- I would put. We it should out. do another. Top, put, we have to do another end, top ten list at the end. Maybe every year we'll do it. But yeah. you know, because this is going to. So go let's on. dive into the plot because it's thirty-five minutes into this podcast. We probably should talk. Yeah. about the we'll, plot we'll, of fly, this movie a little we'll fly. We'll fly through. We're going to coast through this because there's not a ton of plot really to talk about. Um, but basically, <clears throat> we open on Rob Reiner, I believe, at a at some sort of a board meeting talking about. He runs this network called True TV, which ironically is actually a network now. Mm-hmm. Except uh, that one had an E. This one does not. No, I think it's the other way around. No, the, this one was spelled T-R-U-E. Oh, they the had real an E. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, in our shadow world, we have Basically, no e. their network is in the shitter. They're not doing very well. Um, the gardening channel is beating them. Mm-hmm. So they decide that they're going to make a television show about a guy. They're going to find a guy. And they go sort of all around the country. Uh just randomly, I guess, going to bars and stuff. It's hard to tell. The executive who pitches this is played by Alan DeGeneres. Yeah, sorry, my apologies. Cynthia, yeah. Um, Cynthia. And yeah, and you know what? That's really how they do it. Like, it, like that's not how they do, do it. it. That's how they did it. Yeah. Like, like they, they were ahead of the curve on that. I yep. know this because I had a friend who tried out for Paradise Hotel in college. Like, they really just went to bars and tried to find the biggest goofs yeah, or the biggest it. dudes yeah, yeah, or the sure, biggest sure. chicks or whatever they were looking for. Yeah. So... So they stumble upon uh, – they go to a bar and at this bar, Woody Harrelson is there with mm-hmm. Jenna Elfman and Matthew McConaughey and Adam Goldberg. Uh, uh, who is an obvious third friend of that crew. Totally, totally obvious. Who, who, has the, who has the most important line of the movie but I'll get there later. Yeah, that whole turn is super weird. Well, he's – We'll get to it's it, the it's the, it's the theme of the movie. It's the theme state. Right, but like the turn – we'll talk about it in a second. Uh, so much weird shit in so, this movie. <laughs> so – Woody Harrelson is trying to get on this show. He thinks he's the fucking guy and he's going to get on it. But of course, he brings his brother on. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And then Matthew the classic mistake, bringing Class, your handsome, younger, good-looking, younger, funnier, more charming brother. Secure, 
Right. Not trying to sell your gym equipment, brother. Right. Woody Harrelson is running a gym, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they uh, Matthew McConaughey starts to tell a story. He's super charming. Cut to a conference room. And Ellen DeGeneres is there with her crew of network cronies. And they're watching this video. And they're like, this guy might have the thing, the special thing. Um, and then basically they bring him in, right? They bring yeah. him in for, for an interview. Pretty much cut from that to <clears throat> McConaughey giving an interview in that same room. Yeah. I mean, this movie kind of really moves. Like, we're, we're, we're trying to get to him on TV. I think it's within a good 10 or 15 minutes, if, if I'm not mistaken. To be honest, felt a little quick to me, but okay. that's fine. But you we, know? Get there, we get there pretty fast. We do, very fast. Um, Before you know it, his ass is on TV. Right, and he's like scratching Excuse his balls. Excuse me, his boner is on TV first. His boner. And then he, scr- and then and he then checks out his own ass. Right. Um, and Woody Harrelson, by the way, is all about this because he thinks he's going to get rich. He thinks that it's going to be huge for his gym and this is going to be fantastic for everybody involved. Uh, and our first episode, basically, first episode of Ed TV is him scratching his balls as he wakes up in the morning. Um, Martin Landau, the secret MVP of this movie. Oh, well, that's the best, kind of the best interaction of the movie is theirs. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Anyway, uh, and the show's kind of a dud. Now, here's the question that I sort of have for you. I think the timeline of this movie is way too constricted. I mean, this whole movie takes place over less than four months, mm-hmm. which is sort of insane to imagine. The stratospheric rise of this television show, mm-hmm. is, it's a little bit crazy because they basically want to cancel it after day one, which is insane. And they would never – a network wouldn't consider canceling the show after – an episode. Bar- barring some racism or <laughs> or some kind of snuff sure, activity. Sure. <laughs> um, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, so then basically the show turns the next day in the second episode Yeah. when uh, he finds – how does this work? We, we see – I'm sorry. The mechanics are escaping me. But basically we realize that Sherry – Mm-hmm. Played by Jenna Elfman, who's dating Woody Harrelson, actually has a thing for Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, basically, um, you know, Matthew uh, Woody Harrelson is hogging the camera whenever he can. He brings Sherry on to the, um, of course, onto camera, and he calls her beautiful, but he kind of embarrasses her too. Yes, and Matthew McConaughey go, goes to the bar after and just kind of quietly says, "You know, you're right." And then you know, you know he's bench pressing, bench pressing her, dry. like it was just awkward. Yeah, right. But basically, like you know, he's right. You are beautiful. And when he's looking right, away, right. she smiles at him, and then all the people watching around the country are like, like oh, she's Sherry's into him, sure. including Jan yeah. Brady is watching. Oh, that's right. Including Ross's <laughs> underage girlfriend from Friends is also watching. Also on Six Feet Under. She was in an episode of Six Feet um, Under as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I thought all that stuff actually played a lot better in this than it does in Truman Show. For whatever reason, I totally agree with you. I hate it in Truman Show. The thing the is, the cutaways in Truman Show don't work. I don't want to live. I don't want to be outside that world in Truman no, Show. I agree. And this, it's the, it's what the movie's about. Yeah. And, so. and and the casting is on point. Mm-hmm. All those people that I'm following. I, I mean, again, this is this is a testament again to this is Ron Howard's pocket. Like he's great at finding these people that you want to hang out with. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of the people that they cut away to that are watching at TV, I'm just like, these people are great. I'm, I'm, yeah. they're, they're fantastic. Uh, anyway, so uh, we learn that Sherry's into – or we, we deduce that Sherry's into Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Matthew McConaughey goes over to Woody Harrelson's house. Yeah. Um, and Woody Harrelson pl- is wearing the shortest satin like – Robe, I yeah, guess yeah. you would call it. Yeah, it's a it's robe. It's so short, like it's barely covering his crotch. Yeah. It's weird. 
Anyway, turns out Woody Harrelson is banging some other girl that he says is a homeless girl and she has her clothes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird. He well, Basically, like, Woody Harrelson immediately takes advantage of his newfound fame. Um, when and bangs she, the first girl. That he bangs the first girl. Yeah. And we um, almost immediately, like, right yeah. after that, we jump yeah. into Ed and Sherry are a thing. thing. Well, because she gets drunk mm-hmm. when she sees on TV that Woody Harrelson was cheating on her. Matthew mm-hmm. McConaughey goes over to her house. She's drunk, uh, and they make out. And they for all purposes. She oh, and also says she tells everyone that Woody Harrelson's terrible and bad. Terrible and bad. Yeah, that's a nice little runner. There are there. I mean, like it's a nitpick, <laughs> but they're like these really cheap sex or like nineties nineties. And we'll, we'll get to it at the end, but it ends on yeah. one of the worst you'll ever see. That almost oh, killed the yeah. movie. Oh, but you mean the way that they the, eventually get the end of the movie is terrible, but the it's, way the, the way the plot tough. wraps up is terrible. But whatever, I'm it's, like that's not what that's not what this movie's about. And that's kind of our point. Like, although it kind of does work within the context of reality television universe, it's a it's a you understand what I'm saying? Let's like, talk. We'll talk about we'll when talk we get about there. Like, okay. um, but yeah, so you know, and the, the other element of this is that McConaughey tricks the cameraman into thinking he's leaving and yes. locks them out. Right, right. And they, it, get, they, get, they get to be alone and they get to make it. Quote, unquote, alone. And I can't tell you how many reality shows I've watched where these things have happened. Like yep. very famously, Joe, you remember the show Joe Millionaire? Mm-hmm. Joe Millionaire and one of the contestants sneak off into the woods and it's subtitled with just slurp, slurp, stop, slurp. Stop, stop, Seriously, stop. seriously. yeah. There's that. Fucking reality television is the worst. It's gross. It's so gross. It's, then, the, it's the worst instincts, our most base instincts. Well, anyway. Some of them, like the game show stuff, they're just game shows. Like Survivor's really just a game sure. show. Sure. But some of that, I mean, Joe Millionaire was really fucking with people's minds. Um, you know <laughs> what that, that might mo- be the quote of this podcast. You know what that show's about? Joe right? Millionaire is really fucking with people's but, minds. But, but I'm not even kidding. Do you know what that show's about? I mean, not really, I guess. Oh, I got to tell you. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's a dating show. It's The Bachelor, except the guy in the middle, The Bachelor, is a millionaire. His name, his name's not really Joe Millionaire. His name, right. is, his, his name was Evan Marriott. I happen to know that. The trick at the end was that he wasn't really a millionaire. He was like, a, I he, wish everyone could like, see. He Kenny's was like, a, right he was now. like a carpenter. He is so gleeful right now. But it was like so happy. There, there was, there was this moment in the early two thousands yes. when we were in college, sure, when movies were not great. Scripted TV was terrible. Mm-hmm. Like literally, it was twenty four and then a barren wasteland. Um, well, there's the Sopranos, and but I'm talking I mean, about whatever. We'll have a television episode. Of what yeah, it was Sopranos, West Wing, twenty four. I'm trying to think what what would win back then. But like for the most best part, drama. Yeah, it was the, West Wing for four years. West Wing, and then twenty four, and then Sopranos. Yeah, I think that's what we're talking. About. But but whatever. Like outside of that, and six feet under eventually. But no, six feet under one. No, no. I mean, it, it was just a great show. That was it was TV. a great show. Sorry. Like, um, I thought you meant one best drama, and then Deadwood, like I think premiered in like oh four, but yeah, yep. it was a barren with Entourage. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know so, if it's been said on this podcast, but I used to write on Entourage. <laughs> um, so okay, they get to they sneak away, blah blah blah, slurp get, slurp slurp. Oh god, um, and then they try to date, basically, yeah, on it, on. Television yeah. and it's not going well for Sherry. Uh, she doesn't like it. 
she feels as though she's just under the scrutiny of, of the cameras and just doesn't like the way that it feels. Well, the the critical moment is USA Today runs a poll. Yeah. Should Ed stay with Sherry? And right. 71% say no. It's true. And then they list the people he should be with and he's like, fuck. Yeah. I maybe I should be with these people. Um, so it's, you know, she, she can't really – she just doesn't like being under the spotlight. Then they go to a concert, which is super weird. That concert beat is – Oh, I hated is, that. I hated that. It was yeah. – it first of all, Again, $80 million and that concert set was like the size of this room. Yeah. It was really weird. Uh, and they should and, like, have just, had 10 they should just gotten it. the Mighty Mighty Boston's. I it mean, was, just... it was brutal. Um, anyway, they um, – she can't handle it. She's like, I, I need I need a break. I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, and then he goes on The Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. And oh my god. Like Leno is – Leno's cameos are always the worst they're also always the same which well, sure but they're always terrible they're always terrible jokes brutal but within the context of ed tv he makes sense like if if ed had gone on letterman it wouldn't have made sense no. i don't think well you know letterman never did it right letterman did it in man on the moon and he almost never did, he did TV. It on get shorty he did well he's like there's letterman is in the background of a of a scene in get shorty but he doesn't do the thing that Leno no, always did, which is like, can you be- can you believe yeah, yeah, yeah. the president was really Dave? Yeah. You know, it's like great movie. It's an amazing movie, but like, great yes, there's, you always <laughs> cut back to Leno over and over again. Yeah, You're yeah. like, what about President yeah. Andrews yeah. or whatever his name is? So <laughs> Leno, so Leno is obviously the guy who does this. Yeah. What's cool about Ugh. this movie is they have some. They have a lot of talking head cameos. Mm-hmm. And the one who's least relevant is Jay Leno. Yeah. Because Michael Moore is a talking Michael head Michael Moore, uh, George Plimpton. George Plimpton, who's not so relevant, kind of dead. Who's the female I'm drawing a blank on? Ariana Huffington. Oh, yeah, Ariana It's really, it's, again, very prescient. Like, this yeah, movie the people who seems to be around. way ahead of its time. Yeah. It's really weird. Uh, oh, RuPaul? Yeah, RuPaul. It's, like, still like, very relevant. It's really, really interesting. Um, to back up real quick... Uh, after Jenna Elfman says that Woody Harrelson is terrible in bed, he brings a woman onto the show to defend his honor. Yeah. Who says I've had worse? She's which like, is like he, such a, he wasn't that he wasn't bad. that bad. Like, I mean, he was. I've I had worse. Definitely had. Worse. And he thinks it's a win. Mm-hmm. He's like, I won. Then he writes a book called My Brother Pissed on Me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then he defends it on relevant guy talk show Bill Maher. Bill Maher, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, you're, jump, like, you're jumping ahead of the Sorry, Woody story, but no, it's fine. The reason Woody is, like, angry is be, is not so much because of his Elfman thing. It's really because Matthew now, McConaughey is now with his ex-girlfriend. Yes. Um, and it kind of is yes. embarrassing for him. Right. So, so we go back to The Tonight Show. We meet Liz Hurley. Yeah, playing a, playing a character, but whatever. She's basically Liz Hurley. She's basically just playing Liz Hurley, yeah. um, who was the hottest one of the hottest women in America at the time in '99. Like physically, I feel like she not was not even just, a question. It's just not even a question. She I mean, was like, just yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. Right around the time of Bedazzled, it was, it was after before, Austin Powers. Before Bedazzled, yeah. after Austin Powers. Not sure where it falls in the Hugh, Hugh Grant getting blown by a prostitute name story. Raised. We knew at one point Desiree something. Um, the things you know. Nineties culture, brother. <laughs> I got it. So uh, he meets Liz Hurley, um, and then he briefly gets back with Jenna Elfman. Because remember they they hook up in the back of his car and bare naked ladies to, bare, to Canada's finest. Listen, yo, I, I'm, I'm a I, big fan of bare naked. I ladies. actually I, am I, too. I mean, I, I mean, big fans a strong word. There's there's some solid. Uh, BNL songs that I really. All right, love. let's let's just let's let's take the quick interlude. What's your favorite? 
My favorite bare naked ladies yeah. song. Oh man. Um, first of all, I like the song. The call and the, answer. Call and answer is a good song. Yeah. Um, oh, Jesus. I mean, I Yoko Ono is a really good song. Um, Brian Wilson's a really good song. Like, I mean, I, I love Brian Wilson. It's like basically OG bare naked ladies are way better than anything. That, I mean, wow. I, I, yeah. One week is is not is is kind of a terrible song. One week's kind of well, they're it's the beginning of like kind of lame kind of mainstream. rap. Yeah, it almost felt like white rap. One week, of. one week, whatever. But like, I don't know if white rap. But but that whole album. I mean. Um, what was the uh, what was the the, the live Stint? album called? Stint? Oh, I don't remember. But pointed I, anyway. If I fall is such a good song. It's a great song. If I fall is my or, favorite. Uh, and uh, what a our good apartment. boy. Our apartment's a great song. And my our apartment anyway. Walked into the, the yeah. old apartment. Old apartment. Yeah. It's anyway. They were great. It's a great call. The, an answer. And, and it, <laughs> it makes sense for this scene. Yeah. It does. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he sneaks away, and then the cameras find them in the back of his car and like scare him and scare him. And like, I guess her boobs are on the internet now. Is yeah. what the roommate says. You never so she... see, but whatever. But <laughs> Kenny says slightly disappointed. Well, you know, I think um, I think I think I like Jen Elfman a bit more than you do. But you know. I like Jen Elfman. <laughs> Uh, anyway, she decides to, to, to get at a Dodge. Literally. Yeah. She leaves town. Yeah. Uh, and we barely check in with her. And we don't mention, by the way, we haven't mentioned yet. This movie's set in San Francisco. And like what? And he's a video store clerk, which is also very, clerk. like, that's also a very nineties. At least in this movie, they explain why he sounds like he's from Texas. Yeah. In 10 Things I Hate About You, Matthew McConaughey with the same accent is supposed to be from Staten Island. I mean, Come on. I've <laughs> been in Staten Island my whole life. Born and raised Staten Island boy out here. He also so, doesn't feel like a video store clerk. And I don't mean to be like that guy. Because you feel but, like a video store well, clerk. I, I worked I in know. many video stores. I know. He's, he feels like Matthew McConaughey talking about Burt Reynolds and smoking the bandit doesn't make him a fucking video store clerk. Like he doesn't make sense in a video store. No. There, I think there's some meta commentary that doesn't really work. Right. The, Again, I like that he's a video store clerk in theory. I don't mm-hmm. like Matthew McConaughey as a video store clerk because I'm like, I don't buy this for a second. No, he should work at and like they don't a sporting goods time store. But exactly, exactly. Yeah. And whatever, it doesn't matter. But the thing about – I want the point I want to make about San Francisco is what this, this movie necessarily lacks mm-hmm. in production design. <laughs> it is made up with scenery because there's yeah. the outdoor chase at, at yes, yes, Magic yes. Hour that yeah. really looks great. I'm not saying yeah. beautiful, but you yeah. get the most out of out – of, yeah, the world around you. I agree, okay. and that's just to me. That's just Ron Howard knowing what he's doing. I know. Yeah. I mean, again, like this movie has a very interesting scope. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Generally speaking, it's a lot of handheld cameras in your face, and you're feeling like you're really a part of this family. And we should talk a little bit about his parents, but like a very little bit, because yeah, it's, it's really, it's like, really kind of a whatever. But yeah. but we do punch out a lot, and we do get to actually see the city, and you really do get a really nice sense of like specifically when Liz Hurley shows up with Ellen DeGeneres' dog in a yeah. setup. We get that nice park shot and we really start to see San Francisco. Um, so basically what happens is uh, Jenna Elfman hightails it out of town. Yeah. She works um, for UPS. Right. They, they transfer just, her. They transfer we don't know anything place. else about her. And then Ellen DeGeneres is pressured by the network. Everyone loves Jill, played by Liz Hurley. We got to get Jill back. How do we get Jill back? And they basically set it up so that she's there. So this is another thing that um, – Watching this movie, it's it's amazing to me all the things they predicted, mm-hmm. right? So, at the time in reality TV, it really wasn't scripted, yeah, in any way. It was it was 
But they, they call it sculpted now. Is that what the sculpted, word is? Sculpted. I mean, really, it's yeah. you know, it's it's, it's, it's written. Written is really. Well, that's I why mean, you've got a whole WGA. Thing yeah, and and, yeah. and deservedly so. You know, I started in reality TV. My first job was on Intervention, the reality show, and that's real. But yep. also, like, we have writers, and the writers spent a long time putting together an episode from the footage. I mean, course, there's, there's documentary writing. That's a that's a real thing. Yeah. So that's that's one thing. But the other thing is. The um, the the idea that a show would start to set up situations, mm-hmm. put people in per- certain certain circumstances yep. to set up certain interactions, yep. that didn't come along. That didn't really come along for. And this kind of called it yes, a little bit. That didn't really come along to like the real, you know, the real OC Laguna Beach, mm-hmm. the hills, that kind sure, of stuff. Sure, sure, sure. Um, which was huge. Which is huge. I mean, I think it's interesting too. It's at this point in the movie you start to feel its length a little bit. Because I think mm-hmm. that the nucleus of this movie truthfully is the relationship between Ed and, and Sherry. Yeah. And when she leaves the movie, it's a little rudderless for a little while there. Well, we, we pop out to the parents, which – We pop out to the parents we, and, we, and we have the, the, uh, the Jill stuff with, with Liz Hurley. But like it doesn't have – I don't know, the, the, the rails at this point. It feels a little bit aimless until she comes back into the picture a little bit. Um, that being said, Liz Hurley is a perfect villain in this movie. She's mm-hmm. the perfect sort of antithesis – to Jenna Elfman. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sex scene's funny. The sex scene's funny because of the cutaways to everybody else watching the sex scene. I, I it worked for me. I don't know if it worked for you, but it was fine. It just it <laughs> okay. it just it it did just kind of feel like The Teenage Boys was great. Yeah. We were just like, this is the greatest show that's ever yeah, been. What, like, was, what was the line? This guy hasn't had sex in six weeks. And they're like, like we have. I mean, uh, that line's fine. But I mean, and they and they cut to a frat house at one point. That apparently has is the Animal House, whatever. I don't, I'm not a big Animal House fan, but be that as it may, I thought that 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 they did a good job of making a big sort of comedy set piece out of the sex scene, which I thought was funny. I didn't really love him hurting the cat, like that kind of was whatever. Yeah. But they had to get out of there without them actually fucking. So yeah. I guess he was like, "This is as good a way as any." Yeah, he he basically falls off her onto a cat, yeah. onto her cat, onto her cat, and where we see it. the. Weakest cat tail. Yeah. It's the most robotic looking weird cat tail. It's just amazing. You know. But he doesn't get the kill the cat and he gets wheeled out of there on a gurney. Yeah. Now kind of concurrently there's a story being played out with his parents. Essentially uh, Ed – Ed tells a story of when he was a kid. Him and his brother um, moved to San Francisco with his mom and his Mm -hmm. Stepfather. Now his mom was Sally Kirkland, Sally Kirkland, or is Sally Kirkland, and the stepfather's Martin Landau. Yeah. And we don't know anything about the dad. The dad shows up in yeah. the middle of um, the episode. They actually pull this in Truman Show too. I know. In Truman Show, one of the ways to try to get Truman back to stay in whatever to bring the, his dad back is to bring his dad back. Yeah. In this, it's not uh, set up. This is a this is a natural thing that happens in the course of the show. I believe uh-huh. it. You know, this is something that, for instance, has happened to LeBron James. Like LeBron James doesn't know his father, and his father has tried to get back into his life sure. over, over the course of well, because they see no, he's fame still, no, and he's money, still, and, and you, know. you know, and like some people have welcomed their dads back. Shaquille O'Neal has welcomed his estranged dad back into his life. So it's a thing that people do. Sure. I believe it in the context of this. No, show. It, it totally works. And Dennis Hopper, by the way, like I believe that Dennis Hopper could be the father of Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Who else could be? <laughs> Nick, there's Nick Nolte. There's. Chris Christopherson, sure, sure, and sure. there's there's Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Th- those are that's the list. And Dennis Hopper is great in the scene, and it's actually, it's it's kind of it, it works. Mm-hmm. He only has one scene, I think, in the movie. 
Is it just that one scene? I think it's just that one scene. But like the end of the scene where Matthew McConaughey basically turns to the camera, he's like, help my dad out. Someone give him a fucking job. That's why he's such a great guy. It's it's a really good moment. Well, the 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 meat of that scene is Dennis Hopper telling a story about him when he was a child, yeah. and it turns out it was about Ray and not Ed. Yeah. So it it's it's a, a late save the cat type moment. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is after this guy wronged him, he still has it in him to be like, look, my dad's fallen on hard yeah. times. Yeah. I have this big platform. Let's help this old guy. Yeah. Which is a nice moment. Yeah. Um, let's talk for a second about Adam Goldberg's TV commentary. Moment. I really just want to talk about his one line because I don't okay. Care I mean, about if you, you, what was what was the line? It's weird though. To give context, sorry to the to the yeah. people. Uh, basically, Adam Goldberg shows up on one of these Talking Head shows as I mean, I don't even know, like a, like a, like a he's um, like a critic. He's like a self styled critic, yeah, like of a the TV world. commentator yeah. on like pop culture. So he or... is he is their best friend. We don't see much of him. Yeah, and he starts being kind of he starts he's. You know, neutral like or semiotics guy, yeah. sort of. And then all of a sudden he which, shows up on Which the is show. out of the blue. This guy is just like just a buddy of McConaughey's making like dopey jokes for the whole movie. And then out of nowhere he just turns up on this TV it just, show. It seems like that there are scenes on the cutting room floor that explain this. This is weird. Anyway, what was his line? So his line, which which is essentially the thesis of this movie and the thesis of the last – again, I'll say this all the time – 18, 19 years. Sure. 18 years. Yeah. 19 years. 19 years. Is – I got that wrong in the beginning of the podcast. I hope people I hope people stuck around to long <laughs> enough. Big, why, to, I don't know why this is such a, a bee like in your bonnet. The last 19 years, yeah. Adam Goldberg comes out and says, it used to be that people were famous for being special. Now they're special for being famous. Fame has become a moral good. It's its own virtue. Who is the guy <laughs> in America who figured that out first? Do you have an answer to this question? Yeah, I don't know. Donald Trump. Oh, Jesus. I don't want to make it a big thing about Trump, but Trump is the guy yeah, who figured out – now my father's in real estate. He does something similar to Donald Trump. You don't know who my father is because it's really hard for a real estate developer to become famous. You okay. have to make yourself famous. Okay. Donald Trump has spent the last 40 years making himself famous and eventually culture shifted to where he, where he was considered to be of value – and virtuous uh-huh. and successful uh-huh. simply because he became famous. Didn't matter that he had four bankruptcies. Didn't matter that every one of his casinos went bankrupt. Didn't matter that he was constantly embarrassing himself. Embarrassing himself. He was just massively famous. So this movie hit that years before oh, even absolutely. Trump figured that out. So maybe it was Ed TV that 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 really sort of hit it for Trump. You never know that way. The way know. that man I mean, works, who the fuck knows? like truly, it's, but, anything's possible. Yeah. Um, so basically, what happens is we, there's actually a, a somewhat decent twist that happens uh, that launches us into the third act of this movie, which is that uh, I love this movie that we both love. We keep talking about the plot as being like, Ugh, you know, but it's actually like it's, it's, it, 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 it's, the plot's almost secondary. It is almost secondary, so but like, it, yeah. but it's not it's not a bad plot. It's just sort of fine. It's, but it's, but there's a decent twist that yeah. happens here where Matthew McConaughey um, is told that his father has had a heart attack and he runs to the hospital and he thinks that it's Martin Landau. Who's in a wheelchair. Who's in a wheelchair and very frail. Who hundred. Yes. Yeah. But is killing every joke he has. Yeah. I'd yell for your mom, but I'd die. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's the just whole great. movie you think this guy's going to die. And yeah. one of the viewers, yes. one of the smart guys in Philadelphia calls it. He's like, they're going to kill the yeah. they're gonna kill the stepdad. So he runs to the hospital. He thinks that Martin Lando's the one who's died. But it turns out that it's Dennis Hopper mm-hmm. and that it was in the throes of sex with his mom. 
Um, and the doctor tells him this, and then Martin Lando shows up in his little cart, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Wait, you're not dead." He's like, "No, why would you think I was dead?" And then he then he has another great line where he's like, "I have to pee. Wish me luck," <laughs> which is great. Uh, it's such um, an old guy line. It's such an old guy yeah. line. It's, anyway, uh, and. Basically, we learn that she cheated on Martin Landau with Dennis Hopper and he died. In the process, she is horrified to find out that this is all on television. And it's a pretty good twist. Yeah. Um, you know, it gives us and, – and it it sets up, I think, what we agree is probably the nicest scene in the movie. Yeah. It's, well, it, Which is me, a scene between Ed and Al, played by Martin Landau, the at movie, the funeral. Yeah, the movie was in danger of losing me at this point. Oh, really? Yeah, because that, that, that all seemed a little hacky to me. Yeah. That all seemed a little – Okay. Ridiculous, sure. and then Martin Landau pulled it back. Yeah. So Ed is not allowed into the funeral because they don't want him near the cameras. Yes, so he has to wait outside the gate. They don't want the cameras near the the funeral. Yes, so he has to wait outside the gates. And Martin Landau comes over to Ed, um, and essentially, what you know, Mar- Martin Landau, like I don't remember what 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 does he say to him? I mean, the the, the long and short of it is like. You know, I basically McConaughey says, I hope you and mom can work it. I was like, oh, no, no, I'm moving out. I'm moving in with my brother. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, you know, I'm not going to, I can't, which, which by the way, like, I, I kind of respected and also thought was a little harsh. I don't know. It's like, I sort of felt somewhere in between on that. Like, anyway, but ultimately, uh, McConaughey says to him, you know, you're my dad, Al. Yeah. And, and they have a really nice embrace. And the camera gets all up in Martin Landau's face. And he like, kind of like shoes the camera away and. It really is sort of one of several moments that will sort of happen within the next ten minutes of the movie, where uh, Ed is like, "This is this is officially ruining my life, mm-hmm. and I and I have to get out." Um, you know, Martin that only died last year. You know, it's unbelievable. He was, great. He was it was amazing. He was. The, I mean, Martin Lando and Ed Wood. Ugh, was, you know, he was on Entourage, and I was there, and everyone was on Entourage he, though. Let's see. In this movie, pretty much everyone in this movie was on Entourage at one point or another. I'm kidding. I mean, others were, but it's true. But um, he was wonderful. He, I bet he was like, the nicest man. He, just nice and cool and classy, and just not the greatest role. Yeah. And like, just yeah. just had a really clever, quick way how to turn. Um, is that something you would be interested in? To a, into a line, people would That's say over and over again. Yeah. Is that something you yeah. would be interested? It was great. Um, he's a he was he's he was an amazing actor. He was amazing. I actually um, one of my favorite. Martin Lando performances is in a is in a a movie that I actually quite like, even if it shouldn't. Whatever Rounders, I think Rounders is kind of a weird movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you had like Matt Damon and and Ed Norton kind of cresting at that moment, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's it's a I don't know it's one of those movies that I know it's not that great, but I still really like it. And Lando plays the mentor lawyer to Matt Damon's character. And he has just a really – he has some really beautiful scenes in it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just great. He was great. Yeah. He, he will be missed. Yeah. Great in uh, North by Northwest. Sure. First or Mission yeah. Impossible. He's just a uh, – Sure. I meant the television show because we know you hate the movies. So. Can't stand them. Um, just like this – just this incredible 50-year career, you know. Yeah, and, it's ridiculous. And no one will ever talk about Ed Martin TV. Landau and Ed TV except us. <laughs> That's – <laughs> That's kind of the point, you know. Everyone yeah. should give it another shot. It's a good All movie. Right. Uh, there's a really, and then there's something that happens, which again, you know, you might think it's hacky. I don't know, but I, I the moment when he goes into Clint Howard's truck, we haven't talked about Clint Howard. So funny. I was, funny ju- I was just about to say it because I'm looking at I'm looking at his IMDb page right now. 
Yeah, he has Whatever. a great line. But anyway, he, what to say about Clint, Clint Howard? Howard? That hasn't already been Clint said. Clint Howard is playing basically the guy that's running the I, I don't know the van that basically he's, he's like, like the, the director in the truck. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. So uh, Ed bursts into the truck and sees that there are cameras on all of his family members. And Clint then says to him, oh, yeah, this is the new protocol. We've decided that when you're boring, <laughs> we cut away to one of your family members because they've all signed contracts to be in this. And that's kind of the moment when Ed loses his shit. So this happens but, after Ed's already tried to get out. Yes. Right. Ed's right. Already, he's gone. Yes, he's yes, already yes. tried to get out. Yes. And yes. Rob and, and uh, Rob Reiner Rob like, yeah. is basically like, well, you signed a contract yeah. and you have to do this. And yeah. he says, well, I'll stay at home yeah. and I'll do nothing. Well, he yeah. really says, I'll stick my thumb up my butt yeah. and I'll do nothing. And then Rod, Rob – A 90s phrase if ever there was yeah. one. Then Rob Reiner says, well, if you do that, you'll be in breach because you promised to live a – uh, normal, normal life. life, which again, what does that mean? Like, get up, go to work. No, like, but I mean, like, do some shit. contractually. Yeah, I know. Normal life. You probably sure. in the contract that says you promise to do some shit. So do some so shit. Do some shit so do we can fucking shit. Yeah. And so, so, so he's already tried to get out. So he's point. fucked. He's pissed. And to the and now his family. And, and to the script's credit, like that did feel like one of those yes. like. How do you get out of yeah, this? Yeah. Like that's pretty ironclad. Like what do you do? Like what? I, I There's love, only one way out. Okay. Well, I love a moment. Well, <laughs> I love a moment where where you genuinely think like, well, I guess the only way out is killing yourself. <laughs> this is a dark ending to well, TV. You know what? That's the that's the Shawshank moment for me, right? The Shawshank moment before the great end is like the only way he's going to get out of this is killing himself. Like it's I mean, so I bad. The only man to compare Shawshank Redemption to Ed TV. It's just that's the great moment when you're at that moment where you're like, they've oh got him. God. The bad guy's got him mm-hmm. and he's got to kill himself. Well, and but he, before this, yep. Clint Howard has a great line where he's basically like Ed's losing his shit and he's like – and Clint says, I'm just a guy who eats three meals a day in this truck. Yeah. <laughs> Which, he also has these like horrible plugs that they make a they're joke horrible. Of. He also has another great line. Um, where I guess the dog walker is trying to screw him out of money. So he says, fuck it. Keep the dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what they use their one fuck on. Yeah, basically. Good for him. Um, so basically so I'm going to, I'm going to hand this off to you so you can explain I'm how they happy get back to, to so in that moment, back Ron, uh, Rob Reiner. So in that moment, Matthew McConaughey figures it out. Now, meanwhile, Ellen DeGeneres has already quit the company. Ellen DeGeneres is, this yeah. has gone too far for her. Yeah. Um, so Ellen DeGeneres has quit. In that moment, Matthew McConaughey pulls up one of the cameras and basically says um, $10,000 yeah. to anybody who has dirt on anybody who works at True TV's parent company. I can't remember the name of it. But True TV – Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, they said this company is the parent company of True TV. True. Any executive there, the best, the best piece of dirt, the yeah. best piece of gossip, I will say on True TV, on this show, Friday night, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, that's actually when Ellen DeGeneres quits right after that happens because they're all yeah, freaking out. Like, I can't do this. And Rob Weiner's like, let him do it. Let him do it. What could it be? Well, I'll tell you what it is. Well, hold on. There's one good joke. I, mean, I don't know if it's a good joke, but I thought it was funny. That, um, is it as funny as No More Mr. Knife Guy? No. Okay, Come go on. ahead. Come on. You can't set the bar that high. I know. We, this joke is going to fail. We should do a, we should. a, a top 10 quotes of the year. Absolutely. No More Mr. Knife Guy sitting at one Sitting at ten. one right now. Through 10. Through ten, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, it's uh, I believe it's uh, Megan Dungy, uh, mm-hmm. who they they don't know what he's going to say. Oh, I know the line. And he's writing Meryl something. Meryl Dungy, right? 
is it Meryl Dungey? I think Marin Dungey. Yes, Marin. Marin. I, I, I knew it started with an M. Um, and he's writing something down, and they're all shitting themselves because they don't know what he's going to say. And she's like, "I think that says duck." Did someone do something with a duck? <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Know, it's a good line. So what basically happens is Elder Generous is the one who calls in the sure. tip. Yeah. No pun intended. And the oh, the tip oh, is that the tip <laughs> Bernie liked it. Is Bernie, do you know what the what it is? You don't remember what it is? But oh, I are, think he knows by are your you, setup. Are you in for a treat? So the, Ugh, it's, real it's that someone at True TV, yep. I'm just going to say it, had a penile implant. Yeah. And Matthew McConaughey goes into – Or go, guessed it. Yeah, you're, he, you're, you're he goes into like detail of what a penile implant is. And as he's going into detail, it's very clear that someone is Rob Reiner. And right before he announces, and the person with the fake penis is – the answer is – they cancel the show yeah. at that moment. Yeah, they, and, they go to snow and Ed wins. Um, look, <laughs> not I only mean, does the joke suck, it's a shitty, 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 shitty thing to do. Nobody should do that um, to anybody else. That's one. And also, like, as much of a dick, no pun intended, as Rob Reiner is. He's not like a fucking monster. He's, you know what I mean? He's a guy who's like, you signed a contract and I need you to fulfill that contract. Signed a contract. Like, not I'm running a me. business. Like, yeah. I have shareholders. Like, what yeah. am I going to do here? I have a job too. And please don't out my penile implant to the nation. Okay. So, but that's. But that, that, that gets him out of it. That's and, then, and then like most, you know, most insultingly in the whole thing. Massive Deus Ex Machina. Like, oh my god, huge. God, like what if there was no dirt? Then what do you do? So I wish there was something a little more clever. Yeah. You know, i.e. Andy Dufresne spending 20 years, you know. Burrowing out. Burrowing of the, out. Yeah, sure. Um, or even, you know, something more – or even some, something more heroic like yeah. Truman Show braving this like hurricane – like Truman Show, Truman Burbank braving this hurricane to see what's on the other side of the water. But here's where I'm, I'm going to – I agree with you mm-hmm. partially. But I'm also going to say it actually works in the context of this movie. Like, of course, it's a penile implant that gets them kicked off. Like, of course it is. Like, this movie is all about, like, the lowest common denominator. So, of course, that's how the fucking thing ends. Like, as preposterous as it is, and it is stupid, and it's whatever. Yeah. And by the way, Ed would do that, right? Like, these are – this is – and I'm not saying that he's, like, some, you know – scum sucking whatever but like he wants out of this fucking thing he's gonna do whatever he can to do it i it, it actually didn't bug me that from much from a character motivation standpoint it didn't bother me that much it really didn't and i did it's a lowbrow ending to a lowbrow situation and i you know i did i did sympathize with him in yeah. that situation yeah. like i do feel like he was he was fucked um yeah. and that's not so much i mean the day of six mac and a part of it always will bother me and it like sure. it always will bother me that he sure. couldn't be clever or heroic in some sure. way. Um, I mean, listen, it it it's fine. It's fine. It's not great. It's fine. It's it's, fine. it's stupid. Yeah. But you know, it's it's akin of everything that came before it. Yeah. Um, and then we get a Macarena reference to end the movie. So I mean, yeah. what else can you ask for, really? Yeah. What was the, the last line? Was basically last line is he's, he's, the he's the Macarena. No one's gonna know who Ed is in six months. Which is, I think, what they were hoping. I mean, they yeah, that's what ho- they thought was going to happen with that, reality that TV. People like Ed would yep. be the Macarena when people like Ed became the biggest celebrities in the world. Yep. So, ha ha ha! Jokes <laughs> on <laughs> you, Ron Howard. 
Joke's on you, Bubaloo. Yeah, yeah. Um, who wrote the movie? Bubaloo, uh, Mandel, and Logans yeah. wrote the movie. And, yeah. you know, joke's on them, I guess. Um, I guess. Because, I they did a good job. Because a Hollywood job. doesn't make your <clears throat> movies anymore. But what they do – What was the last thing they did actually? That's a good question. I don't mean that. I didn't mean – No, no, mean, no. I, don't, I, 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 I mean their kinds of movies. No, I just – because they're they are guys that, that – like they've made some really great movies that I really love. I mean I'm a big fan of City Slickers and A League of Their Own. Um, they do Parenthood too? I mean like they're, they're, uh, they're tremendous writers. They have – well, they have created characters on all of – all episodes of Parenthood. So – I guess that's something. Rolling in it. Tooth Fairy, Fever Pitch, Robots, Where the Heart Is. That's a while ago. These are all things from a while ago. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. I mean, w- did you see Ed TV in 99? Yeah. And the theaters. And what were your thoughts about them? I thought it was garbage. <laughs> I did. As a 17-year-old, I thought it was, I thought it was, I a, ba- it. I thought it was a bad movie. I love it. And now Kenny... I not only loves it. Not only that film. Not only did I think it was a bad movie. Yeah. I was sure for the last nineteen, 19 years Jesus that Christ. that it was a terrible movie. I know, like like a terrible, inconsequential. Yeah. You know, and, and, yeah. and lowbrow. I don't mean that as I know. I, I would have meant that as an insult yesterday, but you know, when you kind of nail it, it's great. I mean, we're going to do South Park bigger, longer, and uncut at some it's point, be great. which is a masterpiece of lowbrow yeah. humor. Yeah, can't wait. Um. I, I can wait. I'm nervous. To do oh, it. I mean, I, I mean, it's I, hard I mean, to can't do. Wait. It. I think it's going to be a fun one. It's an amazing. I can't wait to watch the movie. But that's that's yeah. going to be an interesting task. You're watch for it us. with your kids. No, I'm going to watch it with you. Oh, hope. Yeah, I don't I, know if Laura's going to be okay. with You know, that. it's fun. I mean, I've been showing my kids some movies that um, sounded. <laughs> <laughs> I've been showing my kids some. Well, creepy. Yeah, that yeah. um, I think it's starting to get me in trouble with her a little bit. Oh yeah. Well, you know, I told you I showed him Gremlins. And yeah, that's a scary movie for kids. That age. They're totally into. it. We played Gremlins for like two really? hours. Yeah, they love. So they it. didn't have nightmares or anything. She thinks they did, but I'm. I they Layla. Well, are they oh, telling? Well, I don't they know. Did? My daughter. Um, <laughs> I love that you. Okay. I know we don't even put them on it's like, like Facebook, but whatever. I think I don't think anyone's gonna. Okay. My daughter Layla. Everyone who listens to it, like this podcast yeah. knows one of us anyway. My daughter Layla has had one nightmare about Pocahontas. <laughs> that's it. The the. There's a the there, movie? Yeah, there's a tree at Pocahontas that talks yeah. to her, and that scared her. Fair. Yeah, but, like, that's it. Like, Gremlin, she's, like, obsessed with. It's, that's like, right. her favorite movie. So, South Park, you think they're going to like it? Dude, yeah. I don't think you can show Uncle it Uncle Fucker? Yeah, I don't think you can show um, it to him. No, it's, it's, it, I would show it to him if it wasn't so hard in Canada. I just I can't I can't have them hating Canada yeah, at hilarious. such a young age. Yeah, like I, I, I want them to that. I, I want them to that. work up to that yeah. the healthy hatred that you know oh you, that you get in your that every man gets in his twenties. <clears throat> but now I want them to just think you know friendly neighbor. So ridiculous. So EdTV a better movie than you had ever expected it to be. Oh yeah, when we go zero to ninety nine, it's yeah. going to be pretty high. So. Um, are there other things? I feel like I'm missing something that I wanted to talk about, and I I, I apologize for that. Um, shit. Uh, so, I mean, is there is there something? How can I put this? Do you think that there's this movie is a little bit kind of? I mean, it is very light, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's kind of the network version of ed tv and by network i mean the I mean, movie Peter network finch network yeah. yeah where like someone sort of really kind of dives into the cd underbelly of reality television 
I think that that's an interesting take. It exists. Oh, okay. It's just not a movie. Unreal season one. Oh, fair enough. Fair Unreal enough. season one is the fair you enough. know spiritual. I watched the first couple. And I quite liked it. I just I my lost touch. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a great show. Yeah, or that season was great. Um, and it does it it it, it talks about basically the fully formed fully baked version of reality TV where we've where we wound up and, and how dark it is behind the scenes. Right. Um, and it is, it's, yeah. you know, look, that, mo- that, that show starts with a Peter Finch in network. Yeah. Moment yeah. Where with, uh, with, um, Sh- Sherry, Sherry Appleby. Sherry Appleby. Having like based, a meltdown. Yeah. She like breaks onto the set and says, it's all fake. It's all. And that's, because there are people that don't. And that is fake. actually the worst moment of the entire series. But yeah, that's what it is. And okay. it, and I'll tell you what, it's a very hard thing to do. Doing a show or movie about reality TV yeah. always comes off fake. And this show weirdly didn't. Okay. I mean, sorry, sorry. Ed TV weirdly weirdly doesn't. And in Unreal, it's 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 irrelevant whether it's fake or not. Like to its credit. To its credit, they built a world where that doesn't matter. But Ed right. TV like feels pretty natural. It does. I mean, again, this is a testament back to sort of not whatever, but like the Ron Howard effortlessness that he's able to convey mm-hmm. with these people feeling very real, feeling very genuine, feeling like they enjoy each other's company. Um, it all feels very effortless. And that's a testament to him. And I do hope we'll get more movies like that from him. I don't know if we will. The dilemma might have scared him away from this for a while. Well, he still is a guy who could do it if he wanted to. Right, like, yeah. If, Does he have something in development? If he like felt this? like making, uh, you know, no one's, no one will ever make an eighty million dollar low. Oh my god, lo-fi comedy again. Million dollars, one hundred and twenty today. I love it so much. No one will ever do that, but he could make a movie like this if he wanted to. Um, I'll be interested, actually, not to whatever, but like, I wonder if he that injection into the Han Solo movie m- might be great. I mean, who the hell knows what this movie is going to be, right? I mean, who knows who, how much of the of the uh, Lord and Miller stuff will will stay in it, or how the the marriage of these two very different styles will come together. But I do think that if he can create that camaraderie between you know Han and um, Lando, Lando and and whoever Amelia Clark is playing, like if he can create that and and. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who's, yeah. I mean, all that stuff, like, it's going to be interesting. I mean, anyway, I, I think he's, I think he's, I think Ron Howard's a great director. I really do. I, I mean, I think that he's done some amazing movies, one of my favorite movies. You know, I, I would, a question I like to ask just for fun, parlor game type thing is, um, if aliens came okay. and, you know, kind of. Put a giant laser beam on Earth and said, we will blow you up. Yeah. Unless you can present us with a piece of art that shows us a reason why humanity should deserves to exist, uh-huh. deserves to be saved. Sure. There's an obvious answer you give the director to. It's obviously Spielberg, right? Yeah. Um, let's say – let's say – It's obvious. Well, it is. That's Absolutely. That. So part of the, I don't part of the game is if you can't get Spielberg, who is it? Because then it's super hard. And I'm not saying it's Ron Howard. Yeah. But I'm but saying he's up there. I'm saying he's up that's there. the that's he's the, on the list. That that watching on TV and then remembering his filmography and remembering what he's capable of. Yeah. In all these situations where I don't think he would, I would expect him to succeed. Yeah. Who is it if it's not Spielberg? Well, it's not Nolan or Kubrick. No. <laughs> I say that just because. 
Well, you, you, you got to assume that these are pretty middle-of-the-road aliens, you know? You don't know it's about just, these aliens, it's, but you That's just, too cerebral. I'm sure that's, that, that Spielberg can figure it out, but you got to yeah. assume they're pretty... So, so give me someone not Ron Howard, just for... Zemeckis? Great answer. That's an excellent answer. I watched Polar Express a few days ago. Dead eyes. Just weird dead eyes. Doesn't look great. Doesn't not look great. But Polar Express could be a great horror movie. You yeah, put absolutely. a couple of kids on a train. I'm to, surprised on someone, a train to I'm God sure someone online has done that, right? Someone's turned Polar Express on YouTube. Into it's, some not, sort of... it's on my list of like things to pitch one day, but you know, some other day. Someone stole it now. Well, yeah, yeah right. All of our, all <laughs> of our downloads. <laughs> we're 80 minutes into this. No, it's still here. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're 80 minutes into a, a talk on NTV. No, people may have stuck around <laughs> to hear what our ranking is, our rating yeah, is for this movie. By the way, just for Ron Howard – has a video short called Heidi Montag says no to plastic. I don't know what that is. What is that? You know what else? It's he, just speaking of EdTV and, he also and pro- all of that. He also produced another movie in 1999. Mm. Do you see what it is? No. It's Beyond the Mat, which is the which is the wrestling documentary. I don't know who we're going to get to talk about that with us, but that's going to be a lot of fun for you. <laughs> for you. Because I don't like wrestling. You might. But you love wrestling. You will hate it more after watching. You will anything. I don't know, but Ron Howard produced that movie, so that's interesting to me okay, too. Cool. Uh, okay, zero to ninety nine. Zero to ninety nine on a TV. Yeah. In ninety nine, what's your ranking? Low. Low, really low. I had nothing good to say about it. Probably nineteen, like super Shit. low. Shit. Okay. That's a one point nine. Low, I'm telling you. I thought this movie had nothing interesting to say. Okay, it had cool. no redeeming value okay, and was, okay. was crass and dumb. What's it at now? This might be the biggest, the jump? biggest jump. So I mean, it's definitely the biggest jump so far for you. Biggest jump in the positive. I can't imagine anything jumping this high, but it's been a great, great run so far. Um, Ed TV is an 85. I just, wow. I, I, wow. And, and, and I just, that, I love from a 1.9 to an 8.5. I love a good. <laughs> Ernie's loving this. I I wow. just love the magic trick of this movie. Mm. The the we figured it all out. It's just like the prestige. It's the prestige well, of reality. Well, TV I love. I mean, I'm crazy about the prestige. Yeah, no, sure. But I love. Sure. I look. I love the real. I love the magic trick of a tri- of a of a trick ending of a. Um, not trick ending of a uh, twist ending. Twist ending, yes. I, I know. love I the magic. Talk about the sixth sense with you. Yeah, I love great. the magic trick of a, of a twist ending. Right. I that, know. that to me, that's that's something I'm I would not be good at, or am not good at as a writer. And it really excites me. The twist ending in this movie is everything Ed thought would happen. Ed TV thought would happen happened. Has happened, and but they didn't know it at the time. I agree, and I do think you. I know, and I do think like there is some. Yeah, you should have some hesitation for awarding bonus points, but it wasn't as if they were shooting. I know what you're they saying. wasn't. They were throwing darts wildly and said, "This is a future that might happen." It was a straight shot. Yeah. This is this is the 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 street level version of what would happen. It was so much more prescient than anything I could have imagined. And yeah. watching it back today, it's fascinating, and I loved it, and I, I was impressed by it. And um, you know, all this all the simple technical things like I thought the characters are yeah, great, yeah. and I thought the jokes are better than I thought the first time, and um. I, lo- I really I, – I truly loved the movie. I was blown away by how much I loved it. I thought I would hate it. Ten minutes into it, I was like, ah, but I, I really – it was great. How about you? Uh, I'd say back in the day, I'd probably give it like a 79. Mm-hmm. I liked it quite a bit. I think it, it fell a little bit mm-hmm. for me. Um, I remember it just I, – I remember it slaying me anyway in the theater when it came out. 
Uh, and the jokes just didn't play as funny this time around. Um, 71, 72. Pretty good. Still high. Still, still pretty it's still good. Still solid. Still pretty good. The moral of the story is go watch give it, it a TV. shot. Yeah, Seriously. give it a shot again. It's yeah. a movie you can watch with your significant other. Yeah. Um, as opposed to uh, Eyes Wide Shut, which is trickier to watch with your loved ones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch this. Forget significant yeah, other. It. You can watch this with your parents. Yes, you can you absolutely know, watch. You could put this. Yeah. You could put this on. You know. We don't have any family holidays coming up for another 11, 12 months, but you can put this on. Like, there's like this is better than most of the movies that get rerun on TNT I and TBS. Absolutely agree with it you. Really I, and is. I'm actually surprised that this doesn't end up on like TBS more often. Like, this is a total TBS show. Yeah, uh, movie that is. Yeah, I it was. I, I it, it's it's a solid movie. It's a much better movie than it has kind of any right to be because history has been so kind to it. Mm-hmm. In terms of what's actually transpired in television, well, history <laughs> history's forgotten. Proven. Yeah, 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 and which is which is unfortunate. Let's start the Bring Back TV movement today. Also, oh. I mean, it did get a little bit of a a, a moment when True Detective was a big hit. People, oh, the internet kind of it was kind of like the oh they were they were they were in Ed TV together in some show called Surfer Dude, but like Ed TV like and it kind of had a moment, but like it's also it says something about Ed TV that like even that didn't get any right. traction. No <laughs> like, one bothered. No one was like, no, maybe I should watch it. No, I don't. I don't need to watch Ed TV. <laughs> so many of these movies that we're doing yeah. have had their reappraisals. Yes, right. Yes, yes, American yes. Beauty had a reappraisal. Yeah, yeah. Deep Blue Sea has had a reappraisal. Yeah. This movie never got a second hearing. Yeah, and well, talented Miss Ripley never got a really never totally different. But it, it it's I uh, I can't tell you how many people I've spoken to since we posted our thing that are like, fuck talented Miss Ripley. Like I gotta go I gotta go back and watch that one. And they've and most of the people have been like, oh, this fucking movie's really good. Like yeah, and and you had that happen to you when we you know when we did the podcast when you were like, you know I, I didn't really I like didn't it f- at the time. I didn't feel like that movie had disappeared from culture. And I feel like this, this movie, movie's disappeared. I feel like this movie I, disappeared from culture, and that's and true. even your true detective point. Interestingly, I never saw those memes if those existed. I didn't even remember that. It was a blip. And, and it was a blip. Yeah. And I think it was a joke. It sounds like. Oh it, no! It, it sounds like was. it was like the last time these two teamed up. It was the it was, Ed TV. It was the famous bomb at yeah. TV or the yeah. infamous bomb or like the bomb you even forgot was a bomb. Yeah. So, eighty million dollars. Anyway, Ed TV, great movie. Everyone, watch it. Yep. You'll be surprised how enjoyable it is. And we'll be back next week. And we'll be week. back next week with uh, with something exciting. You're going to love it. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but it's going to be great. Peace out. Later.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.